On this episode of the High Flow Lifestyle Podcast, I talk with Anna Fitzgerald about flow and energy management for creatives, and we get a ton of valuable advice for creating a high flow lifestyle. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Smith, and welcome to the High Flow Lifestyle Podcast. It's my privilege to be your peak performance and flow coach with this episode. Each week, you'll hear mind-blowing interviews as well as actionable tips and strategies for accessing flow for optimal human performance, heightening creativity, intuition, and productivity, and most importantly, living a healthier and happier life. Now let's dive into your next dose of practical flow training. Anna Fitzgerald is a lifestyle designer and coach for creatives specializing in flow and energy management. She works with musicians, artists, and creative entrepreneurs. She holds a degree in art education and a master's in media studies with a concentration in the history of concert posters and music subcultures. She also plays the cello, writes songs when the muse strikes, and loves hiking in nature. Welcome to the show, Anna. What's your superpower? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, My superpower is recognizing inefficiencies, which doesn't sound too exciting, but kind of zooming out, seeing the big picture and then zooming back in and saying, well, this part right here seems like it has some friction or do you really like doing that? Or like, Mm -hmm. why isn't that working for you or this team or whatever? And and I see that you work a lot with creative entrepreneurs, artists and musicians is, is this like on uh, during your coaching sessions, some of these type of things might come up that sometimes people, you know, might not see for themselves. Some of these inefficiencies. Yes, definitely. Um, Some people might call them roadblocks, bottlenecks. Um, A lot of them personally, like with the person I'm working with are things that they haven't really taken the time to analyze in a certain way or maybe avoided, um, Mm -hmm. which is totally, you know, natural. Um, And underlying those roadblocks are usually a fear. Mm. And so we kind of unpack that and say, okay, well, what does it come down to? What, what might you be avoiding? Why, what might you be afraid of? And often they're just surprised by mm-hmm. um, what the answer is. It's different for each person. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of identify how do you become okay with that fear and let it sit and then overcome. So not rejecting Mm. emotion right away, but just accepting that that's part of your perspective right now. Mm -hmm. Have you found any sort of common roadblocks amongst artists and musicians, or is it really a case by case only? Um, I think it's a very common to have imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, you know, who am I, who am I kidding? They're going to find out I'm a fake. They're going to find out I'm not really good enough. And that's really what that fear is, Mm. of being good enough. And my question for them is what's, what is enough? Mm. And 
that is different for each person and always going to be different at any stage in your life. Right. Right. It's always changing. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it's fun. It's fun for me, not, not for them <laughs> <laughs> to kind of say, okay, well, um, let's look at the fear. Let's really, really get into it. And then let's place you in the future when you've already surpassed all of your obstacles and look back. And sometimes we'll do that physically. Like we'll, we'll be standing, I'll talk to them over the phone, but Mm -hmm. standing in one place, we'll say certain phrases that would be overcoming that fear and they'll walk toward a certain point, turn around and they can see their former self. Mm -hmm. Um, But saying things out loud and overcoming those those fears is very helpful and you can do that at home by yourself, but really it's the connection and the empathy that helps. <laughs> right. Right. And, and having someone guide you through um, reflection, self-reflection. When do you find yourself in flow state? Mm, when I'm coaching for sure. Mm. Um, as a musician, I definitely when I'm playing music, something enjoyable, Mm. when I'm playing something like a scale, like to develop a skill, um, not so much Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) until maybe like when I was playing cello for like four hours a day on and off, um, pretty serious about that instrument. I did get into flow through repetition. And so if you're playing scales and you get in there and you're about 15 minutes in, you start to get a little bit lost, lost, not being a bad thing, right. but losing yourself in each individual note, the, the quality of each note. And then the skill part comes in when you switch over to the rhythm of each scale. So uh, faster, yeah. certain rhythms. Um, so that takes a lot of concentration. Mm-hmm. Hypertension. Yes. So it's, um, fun in the sense of you're getting that feedback and going, okay, well that run didn't go so well. Let me try it again, again, again. Now the quality of the note is off again. So it's that, I think it's fun. Um, but of course when you're less disciplined, it seems like work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, really again? Yeah. At that point, did you have, is this like in like a, a teacher who was sort of going over drills with you or was this just self-discipline? You know, you had to do the drills to get there. Um, it started with a really amazing orchestra teacher that I had um, for a very long time in my formative years. Um, and I really didn't understand the value of grit or Mm. like what it was discipline until I met this teacher. Um, So they gave me the framework and the exercises. And then when I got to be older, I just did them on my own, but it was the group flow that I experienced with the orchestra. Yeah. Everyone together. Yeah. Um, So when you're separate, you know, and this goes for a lot of artists, you can have those fears come into your mind as you're doing your thing by yourself Mm -hmm. because there isn't that feedback in the external. There's the internal. Does it make me feel good? Am I gaining a skill? 
Um, you know, is it turning out the way that I kind of thought it would or mm -hmm. what do I need to change? But as soon as the external comes into play, as in someone hears it, sees it or experiences it, it's just a new ball game. Mm. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it can be very scary, um, but it can also be very fulfilling. One of the, as you know, the, one of the flow triggers is risk or um, the consequences. And did that come into it if you were, you know, preparing to perform live? Oh, yeah. So I played classical music for a long time. And then when I went to college and undergrad, I um, started playing in bands and took the cello out of the classical setting. Mm. Um, I wasn't really interested in being in the symphony at that time. Um, so I just started playing with bands. And of course, that seems very novel, right? Um, at the time, there wasn't a lot of cello in rock bands. Now mm. <laughs> you can find them. Yeah. Um, so it was it was fun. And um, for me, taking the cello out of the very controlled environment of an auditorium mm. where they're built for the sound to bounce a certain way into the rock setting where <laughs> you don't even know if you're going to be able to hear yourself at all. Right, right. <laughs> as a mid-level instrument in like you know a coffee shop with glass walls you're like I don't I don't even know if I'm gonna hear myself tonight mm -hmm. so it was challenging in that sense um but also when you would finish you know people would say oh you sounded great I'm like oh really <laughs> like because right. I, I didn't have I, a monitor I couldn't tell. <laughs> it was fun and I played from memory and I was trying, but you know, it's, it's fun in that way to challenge yourself to come out of something that's very controlled and not predictable, but in a sense to right. another environment. And so, yes, definitely risk was part of that. When you play classical music and compete, there's the risk of like, okay, I'm in front of the judges is it going to uh, go well? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I have practiced this 200 times, but is it going to go well this time <laughs> because of my nerves? Or right. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, in the, in the moment there, you know, anything can happen and you can get thrown off your game. And when you took it out of the symphony realm, did you did you also explore any improvisation? Oh, yeah. That was one thing that I really loved and got a lot of compliments on is I would sit in with different musicians, you know, on the fly and they would just give me like, these are the chords I'm playing. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. cool. And I would sit and listen a little bit and then just go with them. And they'd be like, wow, like you've never even played with me before. This is fun. Like, how do mm -hmm. you do it? I'm like the same way you do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just a different instrument. Um, but intuitively I think, um, you have to listen to what you think, you know, or what you may know and just give it a try. And yes, you are going to fail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there were plenty of times where I was like, Oh, that was not the right note right. Um, <laughs> out in public and, you know, at bars and things. But looking back, I'm really glad that I was able to experiment with lots of different genres, play on different records, yeah. taking that, from this classical sense all the way to mm. experimental pedals and, you know, cool. feedback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something I'm really in the, in the middle of, or just beginning to, to really explore is 
the intuition and intuitively knowing and it's it's built up from your experiences but still your openness to a variety of experiences and you know that openness of like you said listening to what's inside of you as well as in a group flow setting you know what are the other people doing what are they playing and that process like all at once is just magical (laughs) (laughs) it is it's exciting um it is risky. It is, you know, heightened and you can feel overwhelmed. But um, I think just remembering that that moment or the mistake or whatever isn't forever mm. <laughs> is, is a good thing to and being able to admit it. So afterward, just saying, man, I really hit that weird note, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> and the people going, yeah, it's all good. All right. So it doesn't, it, to you, it felt like, oh, such a big deal at the time. And we then dwell on the negative. Yeah. 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 I wanted to take a second to share an upcoming opportunity with you. I help people who are a little stuck or aspiring to go to that next level of success in life. Unlock your hidden human potential so you can achieve your dreams faster. I realized the best way to do this is to launch a membership group with support from a community of like-minded people. In the membership, you'll have access to courses you can go through at your own pace. There'll be live peer group coaching, as well as one-on-one flow coaching options privately with me. I'll be offering early bird pricing you get to keep for life to members of the newsletter first. So sign up at highflowlifestyle.com where I'll keep you updated on the lower priced early bird membership access. I'll also send you my flow tips for optimal human performance and happiness. Now back to the show. Well, what what do you think is uh, one of the your biggest flow blockers then? Mm, all right. My biggest <laughs> flow blockers are cell phone notifications. Uh, yeah. And um, I have a very sensitive sound, uh, sound preferences, let's say, and hearing. So um, I remember <laughs> I was teaching art in Costa Rica at an international school. And my students would be whispering, you know, in Spanish or English or whatever language. And from across the room, I'd be like, I heard that. And they would get (laughs) freaked out. But um, I also played um, bass drum and marching band, uh, Mm -hmm. as well as being first chair cellist at my school. So my hearing was so important. I've protected it, you know. Um, But on the other side of having that type of hearing... Any little hum, you know, from like a machine being on or whatever. So I'm a headphones person. I'm always wearing headphones if I can. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it just kind of like takes that outer world and gives me a little bit of a barrier Mm. to get zoned in. Yeah. So music seems like it's very much a part of your life when when you can't play music or maybe you just don't aren't inspired to, is there a, like a secondary kind of flow activity for you? Yes. Um, <laughs> I have a degree in art education, so I mm. love visual art, but more so I'm very interested in how art is connected to the rest of our life. So when I get on a little thread and I start pulling it like, Oh, so this does this 
okay, I'm going to go read a paper about how the brain processes color, mm. <laughs> you know, and uh-huh. then I take my notes, like, okay, store that away, read another paper or a book. And, oh, you know, this person is not a scientist, but they're saying the same thing that this scientific paper said. How does that happen? This right. was written in, you know, the 1800s and this is written 19, you know, 80. Mm-hmm. So it's finding those connections and, being happy with the variety of stimuli. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a key to like creativity in general. Like, like you were just saying, like finding those, those seemingly unrelated links. And even here we're talking about time, you know, something from the past that, you know, someone from 1980 believed was their original thought possibly, but you know, there's still that interconnectedness somehow. And context, really. So one of my favorite things in the creative world is to take something way out of context and apply it to the creative process. So Mm. when I'm interested in painting or let's say multimedia, I'll go around my house and I'll like find different pieces of paper or fabric or things that have texture and I'll lay them on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And then I'll think, okay, so this one what would it sound like if it were an instrument or a sound? What would this one sound like? And then I can go to the computer and actually lay out something okay. that would represent that in sound versus the physical world. Huh. <laughs> so it's yeah, fun. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way of pushing the boundaries and, and forcing yourself to kind of look for those um, maybe superficial or, you know, getting past those and getting past the surface stuff and getting underneath it. Yeah. I mean, think about your favorite meal. If you're eating your favorite meal, what would it look like if it was an outfit? I mean, Mm -hmm. you can, you can do this with so many different things and they're very short exercises, but it just helps your brain cross hemispheres and think in different ways. Yeah. I saw that you love hiking in nature. Do you, do you get out, uh, do you get outside much? Is that a uh, sort of an inspiration at times for you? Yeah, I am fortunate to live near a state park here in Virginia. That's not too far away. That's absolutely beautiful. Um, and also live near the Chesapeake Bay and the ocean. So, um, I can get to either one fairly quickly. So, um, one thing that I learned studying art for a long time is that, uh, well, art imitates life and it's the ordering of experience as well. But so many patterns that we imitate as artists and as, you know, producers and in the world, um, everything from the car design to patterns on clothing, they're found in nature. Mm. So, um, you know, it's like, okay, I respect this original source in a way that, you know, is it's harmonious for me. So going back into nature, it reminds me to be okay with stillness. Mm-hmm. And one of the things with high flow, you know, people and peak performers and high performers is we really need to build in that recovery, right? Right, right. <laughs> yep, yep. Fight that burnout. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, I don't have like a schedule, but when I have that inkling, that gut feeling like you should go hiking today, 
I just listen to it, you know, or if I can't go hiking, all right, get on the bike 15 minutes, mm-hmm. go around the neighborhood, feel the air, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah you got to listen to those, you know, those, those things that creep up. It's funny because when you're in, when you get, I wouldn't say addicted. Okay. That's not a good word. Mm-hmm. But when you get into peak performance and you have like this drive to want to keep going and you don't listen to those, those thoughts and that intuitive feeling like I should rest or mm-hmm. I should go take a shower or I should just have a cup of tea and then come back. The recovery time is so much longer. Mm-hmm. It is so much longer the next day or even like two days later, you're like, wait a minute, what did I do? Right. And I try not to beat myself up on it, about it. But if I make that decision to keep pushing and I'm knowingly doing it, I plan to clear the whole calendar either the day after or two days after. Mm, yeah, that's smart. So I'm yeah. willing to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Everyone should follow that kind of protocol. Yeah. That, I just, it reminded me. Just be me. willing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before that, I was just going to mention, um, it's called asknature.org and you should check it out sometime. It's a very cool website and it's like every like question that you have, it will show how it's related to nature. And it got into like the science side, oh, that's like, cool. like sweaters and designs. And then it actually came from like spider webs and this and that. And yeah, I just, I, I, I went on a rabbit hole. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I got lost in it. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now I can go down the rabbit hole. There you go. Yeah, it's a good one. It's it's science-based and it's, yeah. So, well, Anna, what is uh, one of your recent creative pursuits? I'm very, very excited about the new coaching program and course that I'm creating called Flow for Creatives. Cool. And it's taking, in my world, the elements and principles of design um, and kind of applying them to how flow works and um, really bringing attention to the body for creative people. Um, I think naturally creative people, we understand the concept of flow cycles, Mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes we forget about our body. We forget Mm -hmm to take care of it, um, to know when to take a break. Um, and it can swing the other way to where you're really just taking a break for a long time, you know, (laughs) as in you, you are saying you're not motivated, but you're really just not doing the work or having the hunger to do the work. So Mm. it's figuring out how to get there. And one of the questions I ask myself when I feel unmotivated is um, how can I make this fun? Mm. Whatever it is, how can I make this fun? I have to do it. (laughs) So I've decided to do it. Um, So I'm working on that and that is really fun. It's going to be right now, it's going to be 13 weeks. So you can either do the coaching or you can just take the course at your own pace and Mm -hmm. Take what you want from it. Nice. Nice. I like that. And have you found any benefits in your personal or professional life from developing a high flow lifestyle? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was 
working in for a very large nonprofit and managing about 4,000 people at a time. Mm. And it was very stressful. So while I was organized and performing really, really high and had a lot of responsibility and making a big impact in the world, um, I was neglecting myself. I was neglecting my own need to rest. Mm. Um, and so I had a breaking point in my health to where it was like, if you don't change, something's going to happen. That's you can't come back from maybe. (laughs) Um, So I was happy to recognize that as like, you know, sad as it can be when that time comes that I didn't need to work uh, a full time job anymore. Mm -hmm. That really right around 20 to 30 hours was good for me and the rest. um, If I could get a job, a part-time job or two part-time jobs Mm -hmm. and just um, accept, you know, the ups and downs of, you know, they don't give you insurance or or whatever. Um, But in seeing the benefit of you could take more time off if you need to, you can ask for more hours, you can, Mm. you know, so once I really started paying attention to that voice inside that was saying, don't keep doing this. (laughs) This is, it's really great for the world, Anna, but it's not so good for you. Mm -hmm. You're, you're really overextending yourself um, in a way that in the long haul sustainability, you won't be able to give back to people if you keep going like this. And I have, I actually left my, my most recent arts nonprofit job um, also just to focus on, on coaching and lifestyle design. Um, But yeah, adopting a flow lifestyle is, it does take discipline. Mm. And I think that a lot of people think, Oh, well, that's just willy nilly. And you seem like mm-hmm. you take a lot of breaks. I'm like, yeah, I do. Right. <laughs> um, it's how we get up and get through the next day. Yeah. But our production in flow is so much higher. Yeah. Um, but I would say it's not always about the height or volume or whatever. It's about meaning. Mm. So when I feel like I have meaning in those flow cycles throughout the day or that my life flows in an, in a harmonious way, then when I go to bed at night, I feel better, you know? Right. So I always tell people, you know, organized, cause that's the word that people use for me. They're like, you're so organized. I'm like, okay, uh, thank you. Um, but organize actually comes from the root of the organ. So okay. the instrument and it has, you know, a meaning of, individual parts working together in harmony. That's really what that word means. Yeah, that's cool. So, so when you think about flow, that's what you're doing. You're making sure that your mind, your body, your nervous system are all working together in harmony so that you have meaning and you are also able to perform at a level that feels good for you. Right. That's beautiful. So after that or somewhere along the way, you, you found Heartbeat Hive. Yeah. How, how did you come about that name? I'm a huge alliteration person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I had a brand called Sound Synapses before where I would interview people about the connections of music, um, whether in the brain or industry or whatever. Um, and having worked in the music industry and publishing and vinyl production, I was like really into that. But um, I didn't give that enough attention. So I just let it go. Mm-hmm. And when I came back to my ideas of uplifting creative people, finding those connections to other areas of life and nature that art and music or the arts have. Um, I was like, okay, what do you want to do? You want to elevate artists. You want to empower them to find a sense of control and harmony with their body and their mind and their mindset, um, their purpose. What could represent that? And the hive idea kind of comes from that energy that you get Mm -hmm. when you feel good talking to someone or around Mm -hmm. them or working with them and that it's interdependent. So um, every bee in the hive has a purpose. Mm -hmm. So we all have our areas of expertise, our specialties, uh, you know, but I think being unified in a sense, um, is really what it's about gaining energy and inspiration from each other and then giving. That's great. I love that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anna, uh, thanks for imparting so much knowledge on us today. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, where should they, where should they go? Um, thank you for having me. First of all, um, I really appreciate it. It's been fun. (laughs) Maybe someday I'll interview you. Definitely. Um, Anytime. (laughs) It'd be awesome. Um, People can reach me through Instagram and my handle is at heart to beat hive. And you can send me a message there too. You can email me heartbeathive at Gmail. And my website is (laughs) heartbeathive.com. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please stop by Apple Podcasts and review and subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. And help us spread the importance of leading a high flow lifestyle by telling a friend and sharing on social media. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now go put some of this flow state training to work and live your life to its fullest. And I'll see you shortly on the next episode or inside the community at highflowlifestyle.com.